Welcome to Politics Welcome and Right. My name is Egberto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being here with us today. Good morning, Houston. Good morning, Harris County. Good morning. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Texas, good morning, United States of America, and of course, good morning to the world. We are going to have a great show today because we have a first-time live guest on the KPFT program, a good friend of mine. But before we get to this great guy, got to say good morning to the one and only well, I think you're the only one in the studio today, right, Jack? Good morning, Jack. How are you doing today? No, Howard's here with us. Say hello, Howard. Oh. I actually came back to work. The hookie <laughs> man came back? Yeah, I was playing hooky. <laughs> you know, I mean, I was getting a bit worried. I was like, oh, my God, he doesn't like me anymore, and he's gone. He just said, uh, Jack, you take Egberto to hell with him, you know? But Well, nothing could, be farther, nothing could be farther from the truth. You know, I love you, man. Love you too, man. You're here. You're here. You're here. Anyhow, what's up? How was your your, your vacay? uh, It was good. Um, I was actually over in Beaumont working another job. I probably shouldn't tell people that. But I was. I was over there shooting video for an oil company. Oh. And, uh, well, you know, I can make more in three days than I can here a whole month. Oh, so, a whole year. <laughs> I kind of have to take. I, yeah, I kind of have to take these things, you know, when they come along, and they yeah. don't come along too often. But uh, there was a three day junket, and uh, shot a lot of video, a lot of good stuff, and um, you know, I came from television. Yeah, That's, I know. that was. My, I did radio for fun, but I did television for a living, and television. I like to make televisions rather than watch it. You know, watching you, it is okay. But I really like the production aspect and editing of it all. So I know how it all works. I anyway, you, I am back in place and uh, I listen to you each morning. You and Jack this each morning. I had to stream it because uh, Beaumont doesn't get our signal. Right. Well, it came, but it's real patchy. So I was uh, listening to you on the stream and uh, just enjoying your show and in abs- abstentia, I guess. Well, I'm, well, thank you, sir. Well, of course. No, I think Jack Jack was in here working on some wisdom this morning. So what you got, man? Well, the past couple of days I've been talking about how it's how authoritarian uh, ism is going to affect us. You know, and so I'm going to talk about Trump a little bit. Trump seduces to. his followers with hate. He leads them into thinking that they are victims, that they have been cheated out of their freedom. The lefties, the immigrants, the gay are coming to take your rights away. When he speaks, he's always hating on something or somebody. He uses hate, fear, and prejudice to motivate his base. This is how Hitler seduced his base, hating on the Jewish, the queer, the disabled. Could his speech saying he was going after the lefties, the commies, and the Marxists be labeled a hate crime? Um, well, it could be labeled as garbage, but I don't know about a hate crime. <laughs> well, if I stood on it and I said that, I would probably get some guff from it. Well, I'd probably slap you around some, but okay. you know. <laughs> hey, 
hey, the violence, the violence in that control room. My God. <laughs> Break out the water guns. Absolutely. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm on to, you know, I'm on to bring the water the guns out there uh, to Come that on, good old studio. <laughs> anyway, folks, anyway, we've got a great program today. Title of the show is Joe Manchin, Flawed Centrism. Houston, uh, 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 hear me, Houston. Humble area Democrats president is in the house. El Senor John Cotter is going to talk to us about AUG and a bit more. And the last thing, can the media atone? As you guys know, this is your show, so we probably won't get to everything. We know we'll definitely have El Senor Cotter here uh, for the time with us, even though we kind of woke him up early. So uh, when you guys call in, remember to say, thanks, John, for getting up early this morning and being with us. John, how you doing this morning, my brother? Uh Doing great, Alberto. So nice to see you. What? Just so happy to be here uh, live uh, with you on on this uh, Friday morning. Well, look, I'm I'm glad to have you here. Uh, can Can I little uh, tell folks that you know um, I, I you know John love this guy. He's he's flying all over the place. He fly those big jets, you know. So he his is much bigger than ours, guys. He flies these big big jets over to Japan and all these places and. Even sometimes you will come on to our chat from Japan. And the last time I said, hey, John, when you come back into town, can you come on the show live, man? Well, actually, I told him that in person. And he said, yes. So thank you for being here. He's the president of King Air of Denmark. Let's get started with you, John. Uh, first of all, thank you for everything you have done with your crew in, South, uh, in, in Northeast uh, Harris County. I mean, I think uh, you all showed what good grassroots can do when it's activated. Tell me a little bit about that and, you know, how you got started into doing all of this. What just, uh, you know, got involved in politics, uh, actually started with union work and uh, volunteering with the pilots union at, uh, at the airline that I fly at. And uh, that kind of morphed into volunteering and, and going to the Democratic Club meetings and then starting to help out there. And, and then um, was was elected president of the Humboldt Area Democrats. We got a great group of volunteers there, um, great organizers, and in in partnership with several of the other clubs in in Harris County, um, we we wanted to be able to get out a message to our voters. Basically, you know, first come out and vote, and um, and in in the twenty two election, we had a recommended excuse me, a recommended slate of, of who in our area would, would be our recommendations to vote for. Cause you know, vote voter turnout has just been historically low. And, and as we know, in this past 23 election in the municipal race here in Houston, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, frankly abysmal. And uh, we, we just want people to turn out and vote. We want our, what? we want their voices heard. Well, you know, it, it it is great because um, uh, you all together with a, a thing called and it has an interesting name, CIA. Uh, what right. does it stand for again? Uh, Clubs in action. Clubs in action. You all yeah. came out here, and I remember every Saturday because I came and interviewed a whole bunch of you. One of the Saturdays, yeah. you all were out there just hitting the pavements throughout the neighborhoods. And, you know, I, I really found that exciting because one of the things we talk about is grass uh, roots activity. You know, it has to start somewhere. 
And uh, to put it bluntly, uh, I didn't see the organized party doing the kind of work that you all independently came together, which was then joined, I think, by the party to to come out and do so. I mean, that was some great work. Did, didn't you find that pretty exciting? You know, uh, it, it was very exciting. The 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 energy from from our volunteers and how excited they were to. To, to come out and do the work. And, and I mean, it was, it was work, you know, it was a hundred degrees outside going, you know, going into the election uh, in, in 22. And, um, but they, they came weekend after weekend. Um, and then some actually block walk during the week because they, they had the, the, the time in their schedule to be able right. to do that. And it, it made it. Um, so, you know, so folks maybe were, were busy with, with kids activities on the weekends, they might be home during the week. It, it gave us the uh, ability to reach out to, to different folks. Well, you know, uh, there are a lot of, you, you hear it in some of the voices of recallers and I can decidedly hear some changes now, but uh, many people are throwing their hands up in the air as if uh, they believe. And welcome aboard Paul Fleming from Atlanta, Georgia. Great to see you here, brother. Uh, a, a lot of people, they hear, or rather they see all the, the mishaps that's going on in our politics right now, and they feel feel disillusioned. I, I, I tell you, um, I've been coming to the meetings at your club every month for the last, I guess, several months now. In fact, I joined mm-hmm. your club as well. And one thing that I notice is the, uh, the uh, just the camaraderie. And people wanting to get together, it's one of the most active clubs in the area. That speaks very well of what you have to offer, as well as bringing in all those great speakers. Every politician wants to be at your club every week. Yeah. I mean, I can't yeah. go to your club without <laughs> seeing a whole lot of the politicians yeah. uh, coming out there. So, I mean, I, th- I think you need to be commended on the good work that uh, y'all are doing out there at the Humble Area Democrats and all the ancillary groups that you work with as well. So, you know, that, that is great work that you guys are doing out there. Anyway, thank you. we wanted to hear your thoughts on, uh, you know, right now there's a petition that was signed by over 100 and, and and we're getting both local and national folks. So stick with us. Um, we're, we're, um, over a hundred precinct chairs. That's probably comprised of maybe, I don't know, maybe that's 20% of the active precinct chairs right now or so signed this petition to uh, admonish our current Harris County District Attorney. Um, what What's your thoughts on that? I'm actually one of the signers of that uh, petition. Um, you know, I, just just for fun, because of being involved in politics and things like that, I, I, I listen to podcasts of uh, attorneys, you know, mm-hmm. Preet Bharara, he has one, and then there, you know, there's several others, but there's one one thing that we, I, I think we need to remember, and this this is one thing that he said. In in for folks that may not know him, he used to be the U.S. Attorney in the Southern District of New York, and was uh, dismissed by the the former president. Um, he said the law doesn't do justice; people do, and I, I think that's important to remember when we start talking about activities of our of our district attorney i mean any district attorney and there there shouldn't be pet projects and targets and political uh you know 
targets, you know, follow the law and make the right choices. Sometimes that may be bringing a case, but the, the hard choice is, is sometimes this, this was a bad idea and we shouldn't be doing this. And, and, you know, that's, that's part of, uh, of doing justice. And I, I personally feel that our, our current district attorney has not done that. She's made her office a toxic workplace. Um, many, many of the prosecutors that work in that office have left and went to other counties and other jobs. And so, you know, the, the, the county short of, of staffing and then some of the, the cases that have been brought um, are, are just egregious as far as I'm concerned. Well, I mean, it's, I don't think it's just as far as you're concerned. If you get a, over a hundred precinct chairs signing a letter to that effect and, and, uh, the, we had a press conference out there on uh, two days ago, I believe very, very well attended. And the stories that you heard stories that you forgot about stories that, uh, you know, prosecuting a voter that has been, no, had been no build in a former County, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy things like that to try to appease or try to triangulate the potential vote that you're going to get during re-election. I mean, it, it, it is just something you shouldn't mess with. And it costs people. Once somebody says, once you have a district attorney that indicts you or puts you in front of a grand jury or whatever, that materially affects your life. So when it's done for political reasons, it's a problem. So, I mean... Uh, Good job for uh, for setting that up. Anyway, folks, the telephone number is 713-526-5738. Any questions for John, activism, engagement, 713-526-5738. Remember, this is your show. Uh, Paul Fleming says, Texas SB4 turns every law enforcement officer into the state into an immigration enforcer. Anyone, even citizens, can be detained for just looking or sounding like an immigrant. I better shut up if I can't in SV4. I, I may have to try to lose my Panamanian twang a little bit because uh, I may be in trouble. 713-526-5738. Before we continue, though, I want to play something with uh, uh, a Joe Manchin piece because I think people need to hear this. A lot of people have been uh, playing with the idea that somehow Joe Manchin is at the center and maybe we need to centralize ourselves in uh, in the way we we campaign, etc. I want to play this piece for you, and then go ahead and give me a call, folks. And don't wait till late. You know, seven one three five two six five seven three. We've been getting a ton of calls, but a lot of times it's bunched up to the end, and then I have to rush you off. I don't want to do that. So start calling early. Seven one three five two six. 5738, extension number 2. All right. 713-526-5738, extension number 2. All right. Let's go to the first video. Actually, I only have one video today because we had uh, the honor of having Senor John with us. Here we go. They nailed it. Uh, Simone Sanders Townsend and Matthew Dowd got it right. And you know who doesn't have it? Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin is now saying, yes, I am open to run for president of the United States as the third party or who knows what. But I tell you what, check this piece out because they nail it. There is no room for him, but it's not only that there's no room for him. That is not who the country says that they want. 
Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. We talked about earlier, Senator Joe Manchin says he is absolutely considering running for president. Here's what he told our colleague, Kristen Welker, about what he thinks of President Biden. As you sit here today, do you think President Biden and Vice President Harris are the strongest ticket to represent the Democratic Party in 2024? Not in the centrist part. No, I don't. And they know how I feel. This is not a I do not believe that they are basically where Joe Biden has come from and just go back to the campaign. He's been here for long. He understands the system. And I think he's a good man. And we have good conversations. We just disagree. You're going too far left. I- Simone and Matthew is still here. Matthew, Joe Manchin is making this argument that we need this fresh new voice. He's just a few years younger than Biden and Trump, and he's been around Washington for years. What's so new about him? Well, he's held political office for decades, so I don't know what actually he thinks he's going to bring new and fresh to this. That's the first thing. The second thing is, and I think you and I have had this conversation, I don't know what he's actually talking about the center of the the Mm -hmm. country, because he may be unfamiliar with what the center of the country is. But almost on every major issue, Joe Biden is in the center, his exact center of the country. He's in the center of the country on Roe versus Wade. He's in the center of the country on on common sense gun reform. He's in the center of the country on raising uh, minimum wage and higher taxes on the wealthy. He's in the center of the country on what to do in international politics. He's the center in the country on protecting our democracy. I actually don't know what center he's talking about. And the interesting thing about Joe Manchin to me is he keeps talking about the center of the country. Well, the center of the country wants something done on climate change. He helped defeat that in significant ways. The center of the country wants something done more seriously on gun reform. He's prevented that from happening. And the center of the country wanted Roe versus Wade enshrined in the law. And because his his standing up for the rules of the Senate, he's prevented that from happening. So I don't know what center he's actually talking about. Simone, what's your take? I mean, Joe Manchin being pro-coal and pro-gun, that doesn't put him in the center. That put it, puts him in the right. The center of the country also wanted uh, voting rights legislation passed, which was held up because of the filibuster, which Senator Manchin would not support getting rid of. Joe Manchin is not somebody that young people are going to vote for. Joe Manchin is not someone that maybe some of these disaffected Democrats, if that's a word we're going to use, who are, you know, running around saying, oh, I need another option. I don't think Joe Manchin is going to be their other option. Besides Donald Trump's MAGA base, who are down with him taking us on the freeway to fascism, I want to talk about, you know, these recent polls and he's doing well. These other voters who are open to voting for Trump, who say they're unhappy with the economy. What is Donald Trump offering them that Biden is not? Well, I mean, that's that's the logical question. But I think when when we look at when we come to elections, emotions take over to a large degree and people go on a sort of a gut sense of things. And so I think part of the problem, I think, with the Biden effort thus far, and though I think it's going to shift, is that they're trying to to, to, they're trying to break an emotional connection with a rational argument about the economy. That's not going to work. It's not going to work at all. You have to redefine the right race in a way that you have, you are on firmer ground in this campaign. As I said, in 2004, the number one issue was, was the economy. And I was chief strategist for Bush. We didn't talk about the economy at all.
We didn't talk about it all. We talked about national security because we knew that we were on firmer ground in that. And so I think the voters, they're upset. They see a disruptive world. They don't know where to turn. They're 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 dissatisfied with both major party candidates. Both major party candidates among independents have high negative ratings in this. And so I think it's going to come down to is what is the issue that Joe Biden and the Biden campaign wants to make this a fundamental argument about? My argument would be they make it about democracy and the future of our country and all the freedoms that people have because they're going to be taken away if Donald Trump gets back into office. That's what they ought to make the argument about. Now, that is what they need to make the argument about. Folks, telephone number 713-526-5738. 713-526-5738, extension number two to get on air right away. All phones are, all lines are open right now. 713-526-5738. Todas las líneas están abiertas ahora mismo. 713-526-5738, hit extension number two. Your thoughts is, uh, do you want to see a Joe Manchin run-in? Do you want Biden to remain running? There are some articles that 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 I got to review this morning that huh, it's going to be kind of interesting reading. Eric Hayes, no, Bidenomics is not a failure. In fact, the the, the idea that we have of avoided a recession after all that's happening proves that Bidenomics is not a failure. But anyway, your thoughts, uh, your thoughts, John. I, I absolutely think it's working um there's there's factories being built um i i read an article uh, um, about a month ago the the first um battery plant yes uh, came online in georgia um they're, they're bringing solar manufacturing back into the u.s um you know my, my airline and several of the other major airlines our contracts because we're unionized we, we got new contracts pay raises look at the united auto workers they're voting on on their contract right now. And, and I understand that General Motors passed their part yesterday. Um, I read that late last night. So th- things are improving. Now, that that doesn't mean that I don't understand when you go to the grocery store, it's, it's prices have gone up such, and, and, you know, significantly. And um, I, I think all you have to do is look at the, the profit and loss sheet at these major corporations. You'll see where that money came from. I am so happy you said that, John, because, I, you know, I mean, I, and that is where we talk about people have to really start thinking critically. If 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 you see the prices go up and the profit margins zoom, you have to make the correlation that that is the corporate structure picking your pocket. That's that's as nice as I can say it. They have the power to do so. Now, if if there's one part that you want to say you wish government had some sort of method to solve it is the idea that uh, our system allows for the gouging by corporations to take your, you know, to take your, take your, your, what you work for away. How do you solve that? There are many ways to do that. Uh, It's not a topic of the show today, but we'll go into that some other time. Harry, come on in and folks, give us a call. 713-526-5738 extension number two. Don't wait till the end of the show for the lines to fill up. Let's do it now so that you can get the appropriate time. Come on in, Harry. How are you doing, sir? Good morning, Senor Willis, and good morning. And welcome back, Howard Reynolds. I'll be calling great wide open this morning with the quest. And good morning to your guest, 
Uh, what's his name? John Carter. John Carter. Yeah. John Carter and and good morning to Senor Jack Vandever. I liked his wisdom at the top of the show. Okay, I'll start off with Joe Manson. I did say this on Steve Hunter's show yesterday. You talk and I talked to you about this earlier in the week about Joe Manson. Um well, yeah, that video is absolutely right. He's pro coal. He's pro um he's against um uh the abortion. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, that people want abortion. He, he doesn't want money spent on climate change. And as that video pointed out, he's pro-right. And most progressive liberal people, like I said earlier on this show, are not going to vote for that old fossil to use the New Hope Star Wars analogy with Ann Solo and Chewbacca. We're talking to Luke Skywalker about Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> and uh, and Donald Trump is, I'll tell you what Donald Trump is offering, uh, as they stated, fascism and make America hate again. He wants to take this country back to a time where white men were the only one that could vote in this country. I really should stop using that term white people because there's no such thing as white people. They are There are melanin deficient people and they all come from black people. That's that's where all human beings came from because black is dominant and uh, all human beings, when they did all this interbreeding over time and centuries, made all these other people. And they just don't produce melanin. So the, as I told somebody on a sports show yesterday, there, there's no such thing as uh, white people. It's just melanin deficient people who are European. That's what they are. But anyway, as far as Trump is concerned, as far as Joe Manchin is concerned, there I, I'll use a Harry Callahan idea, uh, a Harry Callahan movie with Clint Eastwood. Um, I believe it was Sudden Impact. Their ideas are dinosaur ideas. They don't fit today. They are not in touch with most progressive liberals who want uh, free health care, who want. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. stop. Wait, wait, hold, hold, hold on. I, I, I don't want anybody to use the word free health care. It's health care we all pay for through our taxes yeah, not free health yeah okay I, I, yeah i misspoke there they want health care that the taxpayers pay for arnie artisan was talking about stuff that you talk about all the time with medicare disadvantage in uh the first half hour of their show that people are scared that when they get sick and all if all the medicare advantages they have then tough because you're vulnerable you can't buy you, you, uh um the rich can go ahead and um pay for this but as you stated on the show if they if, the, if they can pay for medicare advantage fine but those who can't pay for the medicare advantage it's profit over people too bad i'm not going to the, the medicare advantage is not going to pay for your procedures as you've always that you pointed out on this show and how you try to tell people to get, make sure they get medicare and make sure they get medicare gap and don't fall into the medicare as jack van Deber would say take advantage track Okay, thank you, Jack. Thank you for your thank you for your call, my brother. Uh, you have a, a okay. You great, have a good week on your birthday, and, and um, I'll talk to you next week, and I'll continue to listen. Good. Thank, thank you very much. <laughs> thank you very much. So, a uh, response from my my great melanin deficient friend. <laughs> 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 I mean, that was that. Hey, the, the idea, folks, is that. We are all human beings. That's what we are. Talk to me, my bro my brother. 
Yeah, I can't, couldn't, couldn't agree more. That was what, what a descriptor. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you, <laughs> took, took the words out of my mouth. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, you know, got to you know, beat that one, yeah, John. I know. Um, well, the, the only thing that I'd have to add to that is it's it's not just liberals and progressives that would like health care. Um, we all need health care. And um, we need a system that doesn't just transfer the wealth away from the people. You know, um, you know, single payer, Medicare for all, whatever you want to call it. it it's more efficient. People get better health care, easier access. Everybody knows the, uh, the the playing field. You know, I, I, you know, we're we're in the November time frame, and I think this is when most people have to do their um, mm-hmm. selections for next year. And uh, um, I, I I did mine yesterday. <clears throat> Excuse right. me. And it's like. I, I, I'm lucky. I have a lot of a lot of choices, but then you start looking at, you know, what what does this one pay for, and what does that one pay for, and well, if you get this one, then you got the big deductible, and this one you don't. And um, wouldn't it be nice just to have a level playing field for everybody? It, it, it's amazing, and you know, all these mentioned. I'm coming to you, Jimmy. All these machinations that we do, John, is so that a private company and i have nothing against private companies i have my own i've had several it's for private companies to find a way to make more of a buck on your premiums to keep more of your premiums and pay all these machinations that's what they're for to maximize the income for the person that's writing you a healthcare policy and look we are in a we are we believe in profit we believe that if you work, you should be able to make a profit. But also, that is one of the reasons we don't believe healthcare should be in that. The, the, the payments of healthcare should be in that domain. Because why should we have John Cotter having to choose? And maybe if he makes the wrong choice and gets the wrong illness, you know, he's just out of luck or, or it, it makes absolutely no sense. All right. Come on in, Jimmy. Come on in. Morning, Egberto. How are you doing? I got I got three topics that y'all have been talking about. The first one is about black people and white people. Uh, people became black skin because they lived near the equator. They have much more sun there. Look at India. Look at Africa. That's where the black people are because they live near the equator. That's the, that's evolution. Okay. Um, corporations making lots of money. I think you were complaining about that. <laughs> anyway, that's to me. That shows that they're successful. Look at Apple; they're one of the yeah. most successful companies on the planet because they put out good products that people want to buy, even though they're high priced. Mm-hmm. So uh, that shows that a corporation is successful. Now they need to be paying a fair share of taxes. That's one thing we're missing on here. We don't have enough revenue to pay for everything that we would like to do. And uh, the third one is education. Education is a key to prosperity. It's a key to smarter decisions. It's a key to better jobs. We need free public education in college, just like we have in high school. That would raise this country up, and it would stay up because we'd all be making smarter decisions. We'd be have better jobs. We'd be paying more taxes. It would pay for itself. I, I like what you have to say. I have a, a another statement that I want to make, though, of your middle thing about profits and corporations. Uh, a corporation with a lot of there are two ways that pro- corporations can get very profitable. Like you mentioned, 
they can create a good product and that pro- the demand for that product can be that they become successful because they make such a good product. People don't mind paying the price for that product. 100% in agreement with you there. Uh, however, there's another way for corporations to make money, and that is to cheat or to gouge, right? So you can increase your profit. You can always increase your profit by cheating and gouging. But here's the difference, Jimmy. If the product that you sell is an absolute necessity, right? No longer does pricing become the, the limiting factor, which means if you get a broken leg and I tell you I want a million dollars to fix that broken leg, you're going to have to find some way to give me a million dollars because you don't have choices, right? In healthcare, choosing who pays your bill is not a choice. You know, choosing who pays your bill is not a choice. So wouldn't you agree with that, sir? Well, um, we should always, we should not allow monopolies. We always need competition. You need to allow people to compete. They can come in there with lower prices and, and better products. That's that's what makes uh, America and business great. You you have competition, and uh, and has that been happening in healthcare, sir? Prices and better quality, and the product doesn't have to be a necessity. It can be just something that people want, like new new types of clothes or new types of shoes or whatever. They have these new shoes that you just slip on by standing up. You put your feet in them, and the feet go down, and you don't have to sit down and pull your shoes on. You mean you went and got yourself some Dockers, Jimmy? Jimmy, did you go get yourself some Dockers, man? It's not called Dockers. I forget the name of this. I've been wearing some Vans. These Vans are very stylish. They're colorful, and they're very comfortable, too. Actually, I've seen you wear them, so I know what you mean. I don't have any of the shoes anymore. The new ones are all soft. Yeah. Hey. I've seen you wear them. I've, I've seen you wear them, Jimmy. Colorful. I have some yellow shoes that people compliment all the time. All right. Anyway, hey, Mr. Mr. Yellow Shoe, thank here. you. Thank you for your comments, Jimmy. And uh, again, I just want, uh, just for the audience, I just want to say, I want to add to what you had to say, because I, I don't want certain things cauterized in people's minds. Not because a company is financially success. I mean, it's financially filled mean it is a, uh, I mean, it's financially successful, meaning it's, it is doing what's right. I agree with you for companies that are good companies, but there are bad companies that make a lot of money because they are just what you mentioned, monopolies or, you know, in the case, healthcare companies, et cetera. But anyway, Johnny, I mean, Jimmy, yeah, thank I you so much. One more thing. The best goal yes. for this country would be free public education through college. That would I, raise I, the whole country up for more prosperity. I agree with you, brother. Uh, I agree with you with one minor uh, corollary, right? And and this is what uh, I was told. Uh, I used to simply say everybody should have a college education, right? And then a plumber told me, I make great money. I don't need a college education. I need options. I need that if I can go, if I need to go to college, it's there. If I need to go to a trade school, it is there. If I need to go to an apprenticeship, it is there. So just that. Thank you very much, my dear Jimmy. Hey, That's right. You're right. You're right about that. We, they, don't have, they don't have to have a college degree to make a good living. 
but it right. helps to make a good living. Okay. Have a Thank you, day. my brother. You keep listening. Keep calling. Thank you for being here. Uh, John, any commentary before we go off to Arnold? No, I, I, I agree with the uh, options, at, you know, after high school. You know, if you want to go into the trades, let, let's facilitate that, make that happen. Um, if, if you want to do something that requires college, then that should just be the, the pathway you get to take and not have to take on these uh, massive student loans and things you can't ever get out from under. It's amazing because student loans, uh, kids having to pay for college and student loans is just a lot of people don't realize it, but it's just another subsidy to corporations because you're preparing yourself. Uh, you're a, you're a, an airline pilot. You had to prepare yourself to give your service to something that that corporation needed anyway. So it, it, it is amazing. You pay on both ends. Anyway, come on in, Arnold. Let's talk. No. You're on, Arnold. Hey, I'm sorry. Hey, uh, thank you. Uh, first and foremost, Roberto, allowing us to, to use your airways, right? Yes, sir. Um, the, the first thing, uh, I, uh, going into the, uh, what, what we're talking about now as far as uh, education and things like that, I mean, let me, let, I'm sorry. Let me just say, I am with you. You're talking about the work ethic. One of the things that, you know, people always talk about is that folks, like, let's say folks on welfare and all that kind of stuff. And they, they, they hit those, those people up a whole lot. I don't, right? I say that if we teach people the work ethic, you know, people will just use these services when they, 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 uh, they need to. Right. Because right now, without a work ethic, there there is a particular class in this country that that is all that they know. Do we blame them or do we blame a system that have ceased to teach civics and work ethic, etc.? So when you talk about starting to teach that from the middle grade side, uh, Arnold, I couldn't be more with you because we need to start teaching how uh, a certain culture a culture of sustenance, all that sort of stuff. But at the same time, we have to teach a culture that says, if you, if first of all, if the system hasn't been able to serve you so far, we get you where the system, where, where you can be a productive citizen. I think that, I kind of think you're alluding to some of that. Um, did I get that right, Arnold? Somewhat, yeah, yeah, some of that, yes, sir. Uh, and, 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 but here's the other thing. We, we, 
uh, United States does have uh, a good amount of uh, uh, educated people uh, that aren't being used. Uh, these, these people's dreams have been taken from them. You know, we talk about, you know, people having dreams and aspirations. Oh, my God. And, and it's because of these larger corporations that are able to buy up these people's dreams. I mean, all these patents that, that, that people, uh, you know, have sold to, to the corporations. These corporations are sitting on them. You know, that could be used. The, the, the government... The government can take those patents and start using it to produce You know, um, people, there, people's imaginations that, that is, is, and and that's 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 the reason uh, why we need to kind of fix uh, Arnold. Uh, our, uh, our Arnold, there's a lot of undercurrent to what you're saying that 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 I, that I have to agree with, and that is. There are, you know, uh, you, I don't know if you ever heard the term uh, "starving lawyer" or "misused doctors." There are a whole lot of people that that with professional skills and other skills that are unused because we have an economic system that doesn't that doesn't support something known as full employment. That's for another show. But um, a lot of a lot of the people that get unused, it's because we have a system where, uh, and people don't get it. Having a system that doesn't have full employment is a profitable scenario, but we'll go into that another time. But I, I get it. My lines are full, Arnold. So thank you so kindly for calling. We'll talk another time. Let's jump to Patrick. Come on in, Patrick, and then we'll take it on the other side. I think it's a first-time caller. Come on in, Patrick. Uh, yes, sir. First time. Uh, appreciate the joke. Uh, I wanted to uh, contrast the caller before last. Uh, I have two parts. Hopefully, you can understand both. Uh, you brought up Apple as being a successful company. Yeah. Um, it depends on what you consider successful. Successful at leasing years. They they uh, uh, take on a lot of money by delivering products with planned obsolescence. Um, a lot of times, corporations will uh, plan on having a product. That could last a lot longer, but don't. So they're successful at that. They they trick us into being excited about a product that won't last. And a lot of corporations will develop monopolies, or they will excuse me. Uh, they will collaborate with other companies to price fix, so they're not uh, competing. Right, I, 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 Patrick. I, I guess I, I, I don't think I don't think you're in. in uh, if you, I don't think I think Jimmy would be in agreement with what you just said there, don't you think, John? Uh, I, I would think so. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. uh, go ahead. No, 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 Mister. Sorry. Yeah, I think I think Jimmy would be in agreement with you, Patrick, with regards to companies being able to. Uh, I mean, companies that. That success isn't just based on how much money you make. And I think we, we, we kind of spoke a little bit about that after uh, Jimmy was done. Anything else, Patrick? That's all I wanted to say. No. Thank I, you. I think that we fetishize corporations and we should appreciate that. Appreciate the time. Yeah. Thank you very much, Patrick. And there's one other thing, Patrick, that you said that I think uh, people need to – some people – some companies make products – with a particular lifespan to
to keep the company going, right? I mean, so you get a product and you notice it starts breaking after a certain amount of time. I, I, I think it's called planned obsolescence. Is that what it's called? Something like planned obsolescence, uh, John? Yeah, yeah. I, I believe that's what he, he mentioned. You know, it's like, yeah. like the telephone and the computer and, you know, we can't can't wait till next, so next not, fall. That's not, and, and, that's not, that's, go ahead, Patrick. Right, that's, not com, that's not competition. And that's, and that's one of the things I was trying to point out. Right. No, no. I, you know, agreed, agreed, agreed. And that is why I said there are certain things that don't, that shouldn't be in the private sector. Now, again, you can choose not to buy a cell phone, right? But you can't choose not to fix your broken leg. And that's where I make that sort of distinction. But anyway, thank you very much for calling, Patrick. And let's jump on to Augie. Come on in, Augie. Oh, but the thing about corporations, when you're talking about corporations, you're talking about the CEOs and who are making obscene money and not the workers that are uh, creating that money for them. And also healthcare, it used to be a service uh, at one time uh, occupation. Now it's a for-profit occupation. Mm -hmm. And there's so many horror stories when the Affordable Care Act was being discussed and they had uh, people come in. It was like a bunch of horror stories of, about American medical care, about people being turned down. Uh, and the industrial worker, he lost a couple fingers, and the surgeons said we could uh, attach those fingers. But then their insurance company calls them while they're getting ready to uh, attach his fingers and say, well, the insurance company says we'll let you attach only one, but you can pick which one you want. And that's just one of the many horror stories from these HMOs. And uh, Americans uh, are leaving. You're talking about immigrants coming into the country. Well, those immigrants are the workers that Americans need. But you're not talking about the Americans that are leaving because they can't get medical care and the insurance isn't that great. They're moving to Mexico. There's a whole community of Americans in Mexico. They're going to Canada. I know people that are... Mm-hmm. And uh, in Finland, and they're talking about how great uh, their medical uh, care is in England and Finland, but not the United States. But I also wanted to talk about uh, yesterday, the cajones. That doesn't mean you're brave. It means you're a barking dog, and you're an attack <laughs> dog for your masters. And who are your masters? It's the CEOs. Uh, they were talking about Al Gore and George W. George W., there's nothing brave about him. Al Gore is the brave guy. He's still fighting for climate change. He's still fighting for America. Now, right. that's the whole bravery when you stand alone. You know, and I saw you, this Facebook. Uh, it says, pity the nation whose people are, are sheep and whose shepherds mislead them. Pity the nation whose leaders are liars and, uh, and whose sages are silenced. Pity the bigots who haunt the airwaves, and uh, and it and it goes on. Uh. Well, Augie, I'm filling up. I appreciate your I appreciate your call. I appreciate your thoughtful words as usual, uh, folks. That was Augie, one of our great supporters here at KPFT. Let's go to the mayor of politics then, right? And that is the one and only Johnny. Welcome aboard, Texas Blue Bonnet. Paul Fleming, Eric Hayes, 
And uh, let's see who else. If I missed you, forgive me. Chat is pretty active this morning as well. Anyway, go ahead, Johnny. Good morning, guys. Can you hear me on this uh, Magic Jack line okay? <laughs> hey, I love Magic Jack. I used to have three Magic no, Jacks magic, in my company. Not that Magic. I'm talking about the Magic Jack phone line. <laughs> oh, you're talking about Jack in the studio. Hey, Jack, you're... No, you're no, not, not, that, not that Magic Jack. I'm talking about literally the Magic Jack phone line I'm on. Okay, good. I, I tell you, I had three of them. I'm serious. For my company, when I figured out Magic Jack was there for each one of my numbers, I had a Magic Jack. That's right. Anyway, I agree with Jimmy Dunn. He had me on, on education because we all know it's common sense that you have to have a, a well-educated and currently informed populace in order to avoid having what we're going through right now. Where I started to worry about Jimmy knowing of his liberal service on KPFT for so many years is when he started sounding like he was very defensive of uh, the free market because knowing human nature, the bigger a company gets, the more pressure there is on the head of the company to skim, cheat, uh, take shortcuts, not want to engage in competition with the so-called enemy. They want to start spying on him. They want to not be so worried about getting deals all the time. They'd like to have stuff settled in advance. And Johnny, can I say something? Johnny, I want... Hey, Mr. Magic Jack, I want to interrupt you for a second, okay? And the reason I want to interrupt you okay. about, you know, callers and capitalism and the economic system, uh, you know, what I've learned, right, is uh, uh, capitalism and our economic, it's not just an economic system, it's also a culture. And what we have to learn to do is cater our communication in such a manner that understand that a part of how people understand the system has to do with culture. And you have to be careful in the way you are telling somebody we need to modify the culture, just like I had to modify my culture when I came here. And it, it's, it's an interesting dance that you have to play. Uh, and, and it's just because of human nature that that has to play. When uh, I, know, I know Brother Jimmy a long time and uh, very honest, uh, progressive guy. But again, as well, um, we are cultured into uh, a, an economic system that needs some severe modification. And that's what we got to do. Johnny, you got to quicker up because I got two more calls I got to pick up on. Yeah. The bottom line is you have to have regulation because human nature is what it is. Yes. And that's how you had in the automobile industry, this thing called planned obsolescence. That's where it yeah. started. Yeah. Hello. Always yeah, I, mean, uh, I, I hear you. I hear you. Johnny, may I Johnny, may I throw you off the line now so I can go to a tag? Yes. The Thank devil's has spoken. Thank you, sir. You've spoken. Let's get the tag. Hey, Berto. How you doing? How you doing, Tag? Great talking to you over Facebook a few days ago. Oh, yes. Thanks for that. I was I was really proud of the fact that you would take some time to talk to me. <laughs> Great. Hey, I wanted to say that... Um, you know, we got in a historic agreement with China to stop the fentanyl precursor drugs from coming from China. And um, that was only one guy. You know who that guy was? They got that done for us, right? I think his name is Joe, Joe Biden. 
I, I think that, and, and I hope the right wingers are listening. Now, now there's another part of this uh, fentanyl, a couple parts that I don't know if they, some of these people are paying attention, but Blinken was saying that more people in the U.S. have been dying the last few years from fentanyl poisoning than anything else. Almost, but you put two or three of these things together, and they yes. don't make the amount of people that have been dying from fentanyl. So, so for Biden to to uh, make this agreement with China is historic. Now, the other thing I want to, uh, especially the right wingers and, and these these people, uh, to understand is that uh, in 2020, the the these uh, fentanyl drugs uh, skyrocketed in this country. They went up yeah. like crazy, and and um, it, you can only attribute it to the to the top of the heap. The the people on top who you know, uh, uh, open, uh, pathways for the stuff to come in. So, right. you know, I, I don't have to say that this fentanyl problem was attributed to Trump in his administration, but you know, there may be some, uh, responsibility there for, for the fentanyl starting here in the first place coming from China. So thank you. Um, hey. you know, uh, kudos, kudos to Biden, you know, um, I, I you know, we have to understand that he's doing us a great job. Yeah, go ahead. Thank you, Tag. I gotta, I gotta throw you right now because we got two more callers. I gotta get to, and I want John to have hey, a, have a, a, day, a quick comment. Thank you, Tag. Any quick comment, there, John? Before I go to Peter. No, that's that's a historic agreement, and that wouldn't have happened with without with the without the current administration. I agree wholeheartedly. Peter, come on in, yeah. and then Brian. Thank, thank you very much, guys. And I just want to run an idea by you. I heard a talk about democracy and what our focus should be on. But I was thinking, honestly, a functioning democracy, like an evolving democracy, because that's what we're lacking right now. We have a, a stagnant democracy, like, you know, for example, the U.S. House, look at the continuing resolutions that they're they're saying, no, this is the last one, guys. We just had Mag and Mike Johnson saying, uh, that's the last one. And uh, they're kicking the can down the road. But there's no evolution there. Like, and that's that's why I'm deciding to try to make a difference up there. We need to, in my opinion, get the house back. So uh, that's why I'm running for the U.S. House, Texas District Two, Peter Phil. But well, what's your thought on that, guys? Like, but my my theory of I tell you what, I'm going to let you go, Peter, and let John answer you. Uh, so listen to it offline. Appreciate you calling in, Peter. Peter is running for CDO two here in Texas, folks. Good guy. Go ahead, John. Look, the the thing that I see is the way the rules are set up. A small faction within the the A party can can just derail the entire function of the Congress. I mean, just look at the the, the handful of the the extreme right and uh, and what and what they're doing, and uh, that's that's why stuff can't get done. Well, uh, and again, I, I like what Peter said that we have to turn that Congress around to people who really want to work for it. Come on in, Brian. Yep. Okay. Yeah, you there? Yes, sir. Okay, you're supposed to give me a. Uh... Economics 101 on how we can find $4 billion for the right. city of New York for, uh, yeah, oh, okay. uh, 130 First, illegal aliens. Right. Okay. Let, let me just tell you one thing. Uh, once upon a time, there was a vice president named uh, Cheney. And Cheney rightfully uh, took classes, evidently, from uh, uh, Stephanie Ke Keaton, who, uh, Stephanie Kelton who pointed out that our economy has about a $600 billion slack, which means, in effect, we could print $600 billion in a year without garnering inflation. 
Now, let me give you the lesson. What Biden proved when he came and he gave over $4 trillion of input into the, uh, into the economy. Actually, I think it was a total of more than that if we include some of the stimulus that came from the tr- just before Trump was sort of forced into that. Um, it showed that the economy does, in fact, and by the way, all that money didn't come about to be spent in one year. That was spread over several years. All that proved because when that just started, in, there was no inflation. What we then got, and by the way, no inflation, and we knew there wasn't going to be inflation because we had enough productivity to prevent inflation. The only reason we got inflation, you ask where the money comes from, that is where the money comes from. We create the money. We allocate the money. And there would be no inflation from that allocation if companies didn't decide that they were going to try to make an excuse to raise their prices. I got to answer that real quick, and then we're at a hard break. Come on in, Brian. That, that that answer made no sense whatsoever. The inflation I understand. Rate That's is- what, well, maybe I, I tell you what. I I, I tell you what. Uh, when you when you come back with an answer that says it makes no, uh, sir, I'm speaking. When you come back with an answer that says it makes no sense, please try to give an informed response instead of a just a knee jerk response. And I got to go right now. Call back tomorrow. Let's go to Jack in the studio. And Howard. Okay, Jack. Howard is your back. turn. No, Howard is back. Howard is back. Quick closer, Howard. Okay, uh, great show. Here's Jack. I got nothing. <laughs> it's okay. all you, well, man. It's all you. Well, let's, well, it's not all me because John is here. So, John, help me out here, John. We got 15 seconds. All right. I think the most important thing to remember for the folks in Houston, we have a runoff election. Early voting is November 27th through December 5th. And uh, election day is December 9th. It's typically a very low turnout. And uh, make make your voice heard because your vote's worth a whole lot more in these runoff elections. Thank you very much for being with us here today, John. Thank you, Howard, for being back. Thank you, Jack, for being in the studio. Folks, I love you all. Thanks to all of the callers. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics and Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.